Is it Sandra Bullock? I'm not going to tell you until we're doing it, Sam. Okay. Though given that like three out of the six movies I suggested were Sandra Bullock, the odds are probably like 50-50. He's like, oh, I feel like doing Sandra Bullock. It wasn't. Like, I actually said the movies, and I was like, oh, two of those had Sandra Bullock. And then you sent that thing that had Next and Premonition. And I was like, oh, yeah, Sandra Bullock. Oh, I know another Sandra Bullock movie. Everybody and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle. I'm Sam. And this is a podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media to the other who has no experience with it. I have no experience, Danielle. I need to level up because I'm only level one. Oh, yeah. that would have been better for uh, Ready Player Two. I know, but I would have thought of that at that point. I didn't think of it then. <laughs> we didn't know what I was doing then either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Sam. All right, Danielle. So, what are we doing today? It came to my attention this week. As you know, uh, that you apparently have seen no Sandra Bullock movies. <laughs> I've seen several Sandra Bullock movies. Not enough, Sam. Not enough. <laughs> I mean, that's debatable, but okay. I actually named three, and Sam had seen none of them. So, <laughs> oh, I haven't seen three movies. Call well, they're the pretty well media known police. Sandra Bullock movies. <laughs> so the one I wanted to do, it was, it was a little too close to knowing, so I decided it's not. It's just the same vibe. So I'm skipping that one. That's Bird Box. You guys gonna look forward to that in the future. <laughs> or I can just watch Bird Box and cut you off of the knees there. Yeah, don't do that, Sam. You don't want to watch that movie. Why um, not? <laughs> You've only recommended it, it to me like twice. I, well, I didn't really recommend it so much. It's just that it's a movie. <laughs> it's an interesting movie. Now it's going to be great for the podcast, so don't watch it. All right, fine. So today, actually, we're going to throw in a couple of things that we have not done. One, Sandra Bullock movie. Okay. Woo! Yay. And number two, a weird 90s hacker movie. <laughs> is this the net? It is the net. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> We needed this in our life. I'm not sure if this should be our introduction to both Sandra Bullock and a 90s hacker movie, but I here think we it's are. Fine. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> Hacker is the movie with Angelina Jolie holds a special place in my heart, mm-hmm. but I can't deny that I want to see Sandra Bullock hacking. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty great. She's literally the best thing about this entire movie. Just put it out there. Well, she's wonderful, so I can't really blame that. That's true. So this is a 1995 movie, so dead center in the middle of the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to send you the summary for this. I did edit it just a little bit because I felt like it gave a little bit too much away. And this yep. movie doesn't need to be given things away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is, I, 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 if I recall correctly from just the zeitgeist, it's like a suspense mystery thing. So yeah, giving these yeah, away. Yeah, it's kind, kind of, of a suspense yeah. thriller with a lot of computer time. Yeah. So that giving things away subverts the entire point of the movie. Exactly. And I'm going to say that this movie doesn't make sense to me as a non-hacker, and I think it's going to make even less sense to you as somebody who has more computer knowledge than I do. Oh boy, I can't wait to get really angry about that. (laughs) All right, here you go. Although maybe I I don't know much about 90s computer technology. All right, let's see what we got here. Computer programmer Angela Bennett, Sandra Bullock, starts a new freelance gig, and strangely, all her colleagues start dying. That is strange. <laughs> How odd. <laughs> How odd. Well, you know, I started a new job and all my colleagues are just dying. Well, that's weird. Anyway, does it have something to do with the mysterious disc she was given? Soon, Angela is tangled up in a far-reaching conspiracy that leads to her identity being erased. Can she stop the same thing from happening to her life? Dun, dun, dun. All right. Uh, A plus 
summary, Danielle. A plus. <laughs> it's a really good one. <laughs> if we're going on the scale of knowing summary to, you know, perfect summary, this is pretty close to perfect. <laughs> And I love the far-reaching conspiracy, because I'll tell you right now, it is far-reaching. <laughs> also, I just want to imagine that, like, it says something to the disc he was given. All I could think about was the ring. Uh-huh. And, like, oh, you have to share this disc with four other computers or you'll be killed in three days. <laughs> floppy disc from 1995. Yeah, it's like, a, like the, one of the earliest worms where it's, like, replicating by murdering people if they don't share it. <laughs> That would be a great movie. Does that movie exist? Because it should. It should. It's like the worst analog virus ever. Like someone goes to your house and you know, before the internet, you had to spread things, you know, by actually physically taking disks from computer to computer. So someone's like, I'm going to kill you unless you spread this virus that just like displays a message of a, a picture of a, of a penis in ASCII art or something. It's like so That's pointless. basically this movie, Sam. Now you okay. know. Great. Perfect. All right, so The Net 1995 opens. It's an older man in a suit on his 90s cell phone, and he's asking if there's been some kind of mistake. Is on it the a phone big gray too. cell phone, like the Motorola one? It's actually not as big as I imagined. We see a couple of those later, but it's a fairly smooth, uh, smaller 90s cell phone. I was quite impressed. Oh, wow. They really got the technology right in this movie. He's clearly rich, though. Oh, okay. Well. So he's probably has the latest technology. Apparently, there's not been a mistake, whatever that may be. And he is interrupted by a person letting him know his car is ready addressing him as Mr. Secretary. Secretary of Defense? Yes, apparently he's the Undersecretary of Defense. We find that out shortly. Oh, I guess right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good, because I didn't get there at all. (laughs) (laughs) The next scene, he's in a park, he's sitting at a table, and he's negotiating on his phone with his son about doing his homework. And then he speaks to his wife, telling her that he loves her. And so then like, out of do nowhere... Do your homework, I'll send the army after you. Yeah, kind of. Oh, it's more like he's negotiating video game time for homework time. Don't tell your mother. Shh, shh. It's secret. <laughs> Look, if I was Secretary of Defense, even the Under Secretary of Defense, and I could, like, command the military, I would use that all the time. Like, hey, do your homework, or I'm going to send the Marines after you. <laughs> well, he didn't do that. He's like, well, clearly a loving, caring parent. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, well, by mistake. <laughs> and then... He- he is sitting there. He pulls out a pistol, which was a surprise. Oh, he's going to kill himself? <laughs> and he does. He raises it to his mouth, and you just see these seagulls walking and flying away with the echo of the revolver. Ugh, poor guy. Yes. So then there's some thriller piano synth music, classic 90s. Ooh. As the, <laughs> as the camera pans over some houses and then zooms in on a very large skylight in a building, and there is a woman playing an old school computer game. Sandra and this Bullock? is Angela Bennett. Yep. Yeah. Sandra, Sandra and Bennett. San- and Angela Bennett. <laughs> Angela Bullock, right. <laughs> Gosh, Sam. <laughs> so she's on the phone with what appears to be some kind of client. I guess this is her freelance client from the summary. So she's playing video games while talking to a client. How professional. Well, okay. Because the reason she's playing this video game is that the system keeps crashing. And he had, they had to pull it from stores. And she has to like figure uh, out what's going on with the computer She's doing a bug game. hunt. Exactly. And she, you kind of get all this later. I'm going to fill you in now because I was very confused for a while. She seems to work for a bigger <laughs> company, but is like freelanced out to these other places. So she works for company X, but they loan her out to other companies. Or I don't know, assign her to it. I don't know exactly. It's not That's very not clear freelancing the then. That's just like it's consulting. It's not freelancing. I don't know where that came from because she seems to be attached to some company. It's called Cathedral, I believe. Oh, okay. So she- They're not evil. <laughs> They just keep throwing names. This is one of those movies where you don't know what's going on, and then they assume that you somehow have picked it up along the way when you often haven't. Well, you don't know Cathedral? No, apparently not. Oh, and I mean, yeah, you're out of the loop. I wasn't up in, in the 90s. It was, that was like my prime Oregon Trail game time. <laughs> 
was not keeping Morgan track of the hackers. Like. <laughs> so the screen goes pixelated as she reaches one of the, the fighting scenes, and you are dead text fills the screen. Aww. I know. She's like, oh, you got a nasty virus. And he's like, well, that shouldn't have happened. We just got this new security system called Gatekeeper. And she's like, well, regardless, don't Wait. hit the escape key. There's a virus in the video game that's like being shit. What? Okay, it's not clear, Sam, in the movie. So basically, she, okay. they got a nasty virus. The guy's like, that shouldn't have happened. We just got this new security system called Gatekeeper. And she's like, okay, whatever, but you have a virus. And so don't hit the escape key on any of your systems or it'll wipe everything out until I get this all fixed and squared away. I Sure. I, uh, <laughs> you were right, Danielle. I'm already upset about this. <laughs> and maybe the movie explains it in a way that makes more sense, but just not to me. I don't... I, you, you, I mean... You, Supply chain, never mind. <laughs> I was kind of like trying to figure out like how all this these games were in the store, but they somehow all had this virus on it. That's prior. what I'm like, getting I, at. I'm so, so confused. <laughs> like supply chain attacks exist now because you can like put up a fake download link or do a man in the middle kind of thing or something like that. But like back in the day when you were just copying code to floppy disks, it doesn't seem like that was a very easy thing to happen. Like that kind of thing didn't happen, really. Yeah, maybe it was an internet game, Sam, and then it's somehow, I don't know, virus yeah, okay. on the internet. Sure. I just, it's a little unclear. She has a floppy disk version of it, though. So all I the think. floppy disks are infected with the virus, is the premise. I don't know if she's playing it online or if she has a floppy disk of this game, to be honest. <laughs> okay. But all she, right. what she does is she says she'll clean the virus out. And she actually, it's she's like, this is a really cool virus. I have a friend who apparently works at her company. I have a friend who like collects viruses. So she puts a floppy disk in her computer and takes the virus off and puts it on the floppy disk to send it to this friend. Sure, that's how that works. That's how it works. <laughs> okay. So she She's does a some 90s hacking. professional, right? She is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she does some 90s hacking, you know, with like tons of typing and screens popping up. And is this projected onto and, her face? Uh, I don't know if the they text? ever go that like, far, like but they, there's okay. a lot of like pop-up screens with text going on. Okay. And she says she'll have the game back in stores within the week. And the guy on the phone kind of flirts with her. He's like, hey, you want to go to dinner? Like, thanks so much. We appreciate all the stuff that you've done. And Everyone's she's like, hard pass. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> She's like, I'm good. I have a standing dinner reservation. I can't, can't ever leave my house. <laughs> is she a shut-in? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and so her standing dinner plans, apparently, uh, is ordering pizza online, which pretty cool in the 90s. Good job, Sandra Bullock. Did the Domino's pizza tracker exist back then? It wasn't Domino's, but... I'm just saying, she, like, that technology. I don't know, but she manages to do it online, and I was Ooh. very impressed for 1995. I, yeah, I don't, that's my point. I don't know if that existed or not. <laughs> Well, if not, they were ahead of their time. For sure. So she gets herself a drink. She turns on the computer with the picture of the log and the flames, you know? <laughs> oh, she does like a fake fireplace? Yeah. And she joins her little online chat group. This is a bunch of friends and they're kind of, they're flirty, but they're kind of like friendly flirty. And she's getting a little flirty with this guy named Cyber Bob. Cyber Mob? Cyber Bob. Cyber B -B. Bob. Okay, that's, that's way worse. <laughs> it is. Hi, I'm Bob, but I'm Cyber. <laughs> so they all have those stupid little names that you have in like instant messenger chat in the 90s <laughs> still do what's her name i think it's angel oh, that's not any better i'm sorry cyber bob wins 
<laughs> I forget the other two in there. I don't think I wrote them down. But Cyberbob asks what she's looking for in a guy, and she says, quote, Butch, beautiful, brilliant. Captain America meets Albert Schweitzer. Spends all day dashing into the fray while making the world safe for democracy. At night, playing Bach cantatas while curing cancer. I hate her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then Bob's like, would you settle for a guy that puts the seat down? <laughs> Bob, I appreciate your, like, we're open to negotiation here. She starts with some Adonis. You're like, how about a guy who just lives a bare minimum? And then you, like, you negotiate to the middle. It's great. It's perfect. Good job, Bob. It is good. They kind of all laugh in the chat, and she mentions she's going on vacation, and, like, they just kind of you know, finish up their chat. So, cut scene. She is meeting with an older woman who's playing a piano in a, re- in a retirement home, a memory care center. Oh, she got the concerto person right there? And apparently. She keeps missing parts while she's playing the, the piece and is getting kind of frustrated, the woman does. And Angela shows up and she's like, oh, you're playing so beautifully today. And the woman is surprised that she knows her piece that she's playing. And Angela like, well, actually, you taught it to me. And apparently, this is Angela's mother. Oh, and she has Alzheimer's dementia. or something. Yeah. Dementia, she has yeah. Alzheimer's, but at the beginning, you're not quite sure what she has. Mm-hmm. So Angela is clearly having some issues with the fact that her mom doesn't remember much about their past and often doesn't remember who she is. Oh, no, that's tragic, obviously. It is. It's very sad. The next scene, though, so she has that little scene with her mom. The next scene, she's buying her airplane ticket online. This girl is like Wonder Woman. I I don't know (laughs) if I would trust early online ticket bookings. (laughs) Well, she does. And a FedEx guy arrives to pick up her package of the floppy disk that she was sending to her friend. This is going to Dale, who, again, I think works at the company she works at. Dale! All right. She's like a nice boy. And she also receives a package from FedEx with a new floppy disk from said Dale, which has a little post-it note on it. And the post-it note reads, weirdness here, exclamation point, call ASAP. All right. Just mailing viruses to each other, assumedly in a professional context with no explanation of what's on them is negligent. right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like this game they play, apparently. So she pops the little uh, floppy disk into her computer. She does. Okay, sure. She does. Maybe she has a specialized... I mean, she obviously has something where she can poke around and it doesn't destroy your entire system, Sam. Okay, great. So a 90s graphic appears of a skull that's like in a Mozart. It's a Mozart costume. And he's playing like a rock guitar classical piece. And this program is called Mozart's Ghost. Ooh, spooky. It's haunted. It is haunted. So she play, She calls Dale, um, who is played by actor Ray McKinnon, and he works in some office. This is where I was like, wait, she freelance? Does she work for a company? Like, she clearly has connections to this company. So I think she was working from home for this company. And he walks her through the disc, and apparently one of the screens takes you to the wrong site. Like, if you click, there's a little pie symbol in the corner. And if she clicks on it, it takes her to a completely different site. What's supposed to take her to? Like a pie store? It's supposed to take her to a, I think it's a concert, like a place where you can buy tickets online. Of course, pie. Yeah, I don't know why the pie symbol's there. We'll get there kind of later. Okay. Right now, there's just a random pie symbol. She's like, he's like, do you notice anything weird on the screen? She's like, I just see this little pie symbol in the corner. And so she clicks on it and it brings her to a completely different screen than it's supposed to. To be clear, this is the the letter pie or the food pie? The like one with the two lines and the, the little top. The letter. Okay. Yeah, I was confused. I thought it was a food. I thought the food. <laughs> no, it is not a slice of pie, Sam, <laughs> okay. or a whole pie. Or Look, I'm just hungry, like Daniel. the pie math symbol. <laughs> I got it. It's this the Greek letter, pie. I, yes. I was just hungry, Daniel. I'm sorry. I don't know. Pumpkin pie, strawberry rhubarb, not sure. <laughs> 
Okay, great. So the previous night, he says, it took him to that same screen, took him to Amtrak Central Mainframe and the Mayo Clinic. So it's just taking them to these random behind-the-scenes websites that it's not supposed to have access to. This is just like war games. It is similar. I mean, every 90s thriller hacker movie was basically war games or hackers. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, sneakers. Or sneakers. (laughs) There were a lot of these. This is one of the ones you hadn't seen. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's true. Surprisingly. So he's like, I'm super worried if someone gets a hold of this disc, they'd have a lot of power. So, you know, send it via FedEx. Why not? Also, <laughs> how did you get a hold of it? And B, maybe somebody already copied it. Like, obviously, like, how is this disc, the magic disc that has the code on it? I don't know, Sam. That's never explained. <laughs> Got it. She's like, dude, just delete the error and, you know, save the day. Not a big deal. Just get rid of it. And he's like, well, I'm not quite ready to do that. Actually, some more information for you, but I don't want to talk about it over the phone. So let's meet up because that's how all movies work. <laughs> yep. You can't just be straightforward with the person. You're, you're talking nope. to him about your weird activity on the phone, but you're like, oh, it's probably bugged. So let's go meet up. So he is planning to come visit her. I guess this is the first time they're going to like meet in person. And he flies planes. So he's he'll take off that night and he'll meet her tomorrow morning before her Oh, he's dead. Flight. He's so dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even going to pretend on that one. Yeah. He clearly yeah. dies, Sam. Yeah. Uh, he's going to crash. He's dead. So she's kind of angsty. She's like, I'm going on vacation. I don't want to deal with this right now. And he's like, you'll have till noon it's fine like well five hours we can dig through this i can talk about it we can figure it out and so the next scene dale's flying his cessna through the air and he loses contact with control as he's following his gps which starts to malfunction and he suddenly realizes he's way 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 too low and he slams into what looks like either a building or a bridge or something it's he's by himself it doesn't impact anybody else but he is To be clear, was he just not looking out the windows or was it foggy? Like, how did he not realize, oh, look, I'm four feet off the ground. I was honestly looking at the GPS, so I was not looking at the windows of the plane, but it's possible to do, but he might have just been staring very hardcore at his GPS. (laughs) This is like those people who follow the GPS instructions and drive into a lake. Yes, very. it's very human error-y. And yeah. so, I mean, to be fair, if that's what you're following and you think you're on altitude and you can't see, then yes, it's entirely possible you would run into a building. <laughs> I mean, you know more about planes than I do. Don't they have altimeters that aren't linked to GPS? They do. I don't know if, I mean, he clearly was not using that. If his entire, I wasn't paying that much attention, but if his entire <laughs> system was... Uh, well, all I'm saying is keep your eyes on the road, dude, the, the sky road. Right, but his entire like mainframe system like sitting on his dashboard or the cockpit was like electronic and it was going haywire. Okay. So it's possible his altimeter was tied in with that system and he didn't have a sure, sure. Like well, a normal I just understand how he couldn't see a building anyway. I agree. And he does see it when he gets very close because he look up, he's like, ah! Yeah, of course. Ah! <laughs> he had done that, I don't know, earlier he could have avoided it. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Dave, <laughs> he dies. Dale's the point dead. is, he's, he's super dead. It's Dale, right? Yeah, Dale's dead. Dale. Yeah, Dale, we hardly knew you. So she's packing up. She's like, where the heck is he? And she calls work to check in, kind of her last thing before she goes on vacation. Her boss mistakenly thinks she's already heard about Dale and is like, oh, we're trying to replace him. It's a huge mess up right now. But And she's like, wait, 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 what's going on? And she, he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I thought you already knew. Yeah, he died last paw. night in a plane crash. Oof. She's like, oh, that's crazy. He was coming to visit me. So she's kind of, he's like, okay, well, I'm so sorry. Have a good time on your vacation. <laughs> Enjoy your vacation. Dale's dead. <laughs> so at the airport, all the flights are delayed due, due to a computer malfunction. They keep going, um, what does it say on the screen? It keeps flashing between like delayed and hijacked, I think is the word. What? 
on the screens. It's pretty funny. So the whole airport's just chaos. Sounds like it. So she's sitting there, she's drinking some soda, she's waiting, and she hears a news story over the TVs about the Undersecretary of Defense who had killed himself. And at the autopsy report, they tested him and he was HIV positive. Oh no. I know. So they don't know if there's a tie-in for that. And this was, oh man, was this right around the time of like the, this is late in the AIDS epidemic. It is. And they do, there is passing notice a little bit later that he was very um, strongly like against homosexuality. Mm. And he supposedly test HIV positive they're assuming that's why he may have killed himself like so he wasn't such a a nice guy maybe we'll get into this in a little bit (laughs) but that's where we stand now and there's some random shot in the airport of the back of someone's head that's clearly probably watching her as she's waiting for the flight and then the flights finally come back up and she ends up leaving for mexico i might take a might take a break from flights for a minute or two if they were just freaking out yeah she seems super chill too you think with all of her experience she'd be like huh i wonder what's going on or be a little more concerned about it instead she's just drinking her soda and like watching the news (laughs) oh yeah there's lots of stuff going on my friend just died in a plane crash and the planes here all freaking out i'm sure it's fine <laughs> she gets through a se- couple of separate scenes where like at, at, with her profession you think she'd be more concerned and she's just very low-key about it <laughs> i'm not sure she's as good as she thinks she is apparently she's the best sam you're gonna see oh, sandra okay. bullock's always the best <laughs> my mistake so it's mexico it's been obvious it's apparently been several days which we find out later she's just beaching it she's hanging out on the sand in her little bikini and this hot british dude named jack shows up and he's played by Jeremy Northam. All right. Hot British dude yeah. to the rescue. And so he notices her because she has a laptop and he too has a very nice laptop. So they're in the same business, quote unquote. <laughs> the business of being nerds at a beach? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> so they hit it off as two nerds on a beach totally do. Yes, I've had that experience many a time. Me too. And you go hang out at the bar when you're hit it off with a nerd on the beach. Apparently. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> nothing nerds like more than bars. So they're up there hanging out, and after dinner, they go on this boat ride, and they go to kind of like a slightly deserted, you know, Oh, no, she's going to die in a scuba diving accident, and then Jean's going to have to come and solve the mystery. Yes, that's entirely possible. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of this is just ghosts in the machine. (laughs) It's all all just bury me deep now. (laughs) So they go for a boat ride, they go for a walk along the slightly deserted beach, and while they're walking, this man runs by and steals her purse, runs off into the jungle. That guy's dedicated to purse snatching. I know, right? And Jack rushes off to follow him. And so he finally catches up to the guy and takes the purse from the man. But instead of, like, doing anything else with it, he ends up looking through it himself. Why? Well, you'll see shortly. So the man's like, it's not at the hotel. It, whatever it is, it's not at the hotel. And I had, to, like you said, I had to steal her purse. I was in there super quick. I stole her purse to see if it was on her. So Jack's like pulling out her wallet and digging through. Oh, and he he's finally, in on it. All set up. I know. So he finally finds the floppy disk and pulls it out. Which floppy disk? The one that was the virus that Dale Mozart's sent. ghost. Yep. Okay. So she took it with her. Why? I do not know. Maybe because Dale died and she just had a weird (laughs) premonition, Sam. You don't actually see her do it at her house. You find out later that she has it. All right. Well, you know me. When I'm packing for a trip, I always bring my floppy disks. (laughs) Well, she brought her computer, so why not? Maybe she was going to check it more, you know, see if there was something else going on with it. Maybe that's how she has fun relaxes. Yes. So the guy that stole the purse is like, so give me my money. Like, I found the floppy disk. He's like, no, I found the floppy disk, but... (laughs) Uh, He helped. (laughs) And Jack pulls out a gun with a silencer and just shoots him. Yeah, of course. (laughs) 
just no money for you guy. I mean, this is a really bad way to do business. Everyone knows that. Yes, it is. Good luck hiring goons in the future if you keep murdering them. Jack. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, Jack. You don't know Jack about goon hiring. Goon retention. (laughs) 1-800. You don't need them. You have 1-800 henchmen. You just call. Oh, I forgot about the goon network. I thought about goons.com, which is a new website in the 90s. (laughs) That they used in 1995. Yeah. So he tosses the purse. He cuts his palm, I guess, for dramatic effect. Because why not? I fought him off. He had a knife. (laughs) And he returns to Angela, who's waiting on the beach. She had yelled after him, like, it's not worth dying over. And then she just stood there and waited for him, I guess. Good job, Angela. Really a take charge person. (laughs) It is her most, like, stereotypical female thing to do is she just stands there. So Angela has now lost everything, unfortunately, but she appreciates Jack's attempt at chivalry, not because she does not know that he is secretly evil. So wait, everything was in her purse? Yeah, her passport, your ID, all that kind of stuff. She does not know how to travel, right? Well, apparently not. She didn't keep it in the hotel safe or whatever. Yeah. I didn't have copies. I don't know, Sam. It's the 90s. People were naive. (laughs) I guess. So they get back on the boat, and he suggests that they call the Cancun police. But he's like, oh, man, I can't get him on the radio. I guess we should head farther out until we can pick up a signal. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere. He has a radio? Yeah, on his boat. Oh, right. So he's clearly planning something from an audience perspective. Murder, like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but she's obviously oblivious because she has no stranger danger issues at all, apparently. Also, he's super hot. He is super hot. So he stops the boat in the middle of the ocean and he's like, I'm going to go blow it up. I'll be right back. And while he's down there, he reloads his gun. I guess shooting the guy twice caused him to reload. Well, you know, <laughs> as any good video game player will know, one bullet down, reload immediately. <laughs> And he puts her disc in a drawer in his wallet and then heads up back to Angela, who pretty immediately starts making out with him. She's like, ooh, I love it when you bring a gun up to me. Yeah, I guess killing her is on the back burner because he like clearly was going up to kill her. And then was like, oh, you're going to make out with me? That's fine. Let's do well, that first. <laughs> to be fair, it is Sandra Bullock. Yeah, I know. Why wouldn't you make out with her? Absolutely. So he offers her a drink and they have sex, by the way. Oh, and obviously. Yeah, I just realized I didn't say that. And he offers her a drink. And while he's down below, she ends up pulling on his jacket that he had left behind because she gets chilly and she finds the gun in the pocket. (gasps) A gun? Oh, no. And when he comes up, she's like, hey, buddy, what's this for? And he's like, oh, it's for shark fishing. (laughs) That's the worst you could have said it's self defense terrible. or Anything pirates. Else would have, yeah, like shark she, fishing. Shark fishing. She's like with a silencer, and he's like, "Yep." <laughs> Don't scare the fish away. She clearly does not believe him. No, Doug has the dumbest excuse I've ever heard in my life. It is. And he pretty much immediately drops his pretense, too, because she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Captain America meets Albert Schweitzer. Isn't that what you always wanted? Oh, it's Cyberbob. <laughs> okay, I thought that at first, too, but apparently it's not Cyberbob. Damn it, where's Cyberbob? <laughs> I want Cyberbob. We'll get there, Sam. He's, I know he was obviously just snooping in the chat room, but yeah, come apparently. on. I also was like, oh, it's Cyberbob. And then I was very confused when it was not Cyberbob. <laughs> well, I guess hope springs eternal. So he picks up the gun, or kind of steals it from her, and points it at her, and basically quotes back her long list of crazy requirements with his, like, crazy, crazy eyes. He's got, like, the wide-eyed, I'm gonna kill you look on him. Oh, good for him. And then he tries to shoot her, but clever girl, she took out the clip. Hey, yo. <laughs> Would you take out the clip before handing it back to him? But like, when she had it, when he was down below and she found the gun. So she's like, oh, I found this weird gun. Let me take the clip out and then give Just the gun back. 
to the guy. Yeah, she didn't just pretend like she hadn't seen it. She somehow felt the need to tell him that she'd found the gun, which, I don't know, seems questionable. It sounds like a, a, a strange mix of foresight and lack of foresight. <laughs> it's a weird combination. I also was like, I don't know about that, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> so it fires nothing, obviously. It just clicks. Yeah. And he rushes her trying to find wait, the wait, clip. wait, 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 wait. Wouldn't there already be a bolt in the chamber? Mm, apparently not. Oh, God, so, okay. Oh, no, not if he didn't, like, pull it back and load Well, yeah, it. but he just shot it twice when he killed the guy and then replaced the clip. Yeah, but then the he clip. replaced the clip, but he may yeah. not have put it into the chamber. Well, when he replaced the clip, did he take the bullet out of the chamber? Because taking the clip out doesn't empty the chamber, does it? Maybe he emptied the chamber. I wasn't paying that much attention when he put the gun all right. All anyway, I'm. I'm. I'm Probably calling. depends on the gun, Sam. Okay, I don't know if a gun stands these questions. I'm just saying she should be dead. Her plan was dumb. Okay, well maybe she took it out, Sam. I, you don't see her do any of that, so she could have done everything. I don't all know. All right, fine. She said she had a past history in Colorado, so she apparently knows guns. <laughs> okay. Yeah, everyone in Colorado knows guns. <laughs> That's what she says. That was literally her excuse. <laughs> <laughs> So as he rushes her trying to find the clip, she burns him with a cigarette that's there and knocks him over the head with a bottle of wine. So he passes out. Okay, good. And no, instead do of something. doing anything, Sam, no. she doesn't, he doesn't tie, she doesn't tie him up. She doesn't, like, kill him. <laughs> she does try to radio for help, which doesn't work. And she looks for the boat keys, which she cannot find. But while she's looking for the boat keys, she does find her disc, which she's like, what the heck? And she finds his wallet. So she stuffs those into her. Did she abandon ship them and just leave them unconscious on the boat? Yeah, so she because because she can't buy the keys, she ends up climbing into the life raft that's connected to the to the boat, trying to like <sighs> motor off. All you gotta do is like tie him up and lock him in a closet, and then motor back to the city and be like, "Hey, crazy murderer, am I in this boat over here?" Absolutely, but she does not do that. She is getting into the boat and she's pulling on the cord of the motor, and it of course won't start. And Jack awakes and dives into the water after her. Oh no! And tries to climb aboard the the raft as she's like desperately pulling the cord and she can't get it to start. And she finally gets the motor going, and he slips off as it mo- maneuvers away, and he falls into the the ocean right next to his fully functioning boat. <laughs> next to his fully functioning boat that he probably has the keys for somewhere. But suddenly she looks ahead, and there is, for reasons unknown, a giant rock sticking out of the ocean which she slams into her in her tiny little dinghy and explodes into the air and falls out and the blacks out. Magic middle of the ocean rock because we all know the ocean is famous for its rocks. (laughs) I was actually re-round the scene. I was like wait what just happened? (laughs) I guess a volcano suddenly erupted and made a little island. crazy. So cutscene. They're in a hospital with Spanish speaking nun nurses and a smoking doctor. Smoking hot? No. Smoking oh. doctor. <laughs> it's the 90s, I guess, in Cancun or wherever they are. Cozumel, I'm not sure. Okay. And so he apparently uh, is allowed to smoke in his hospital. So she's like, wait, what happened? Where am I? And they said, well, we tried to contact the man that we that belongs to the wallet that you had. And she's like, no, like, wait, did you get a hold of him? Don't call him. That's a bad idea. And they're like, no, we didn't have any luck contacting him. And she's like, oh, thank God. And she asks about the disc that was in there and he holds it up and it's like ruined by the sun. It's all warped. Dist- like it's, yeah, it's all warped and destroyed and mm-hmm. like, discolored. And she disc is clearly colored? discolored. Oh, you're funny. So she tells him she has to go. She's clearly a little out of it still, but after this, you know, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to check myself out of the hospital after a <laughs> boat crash and sun exposure. I think she's just afraid that Jack's going to find her. She's like, I've got to go. I've got to go. Give me my clothes. She tries to pay him with money from the wallet, but they decline. And she finds a business type card that's in there. And it has, it looks like an email on one side and then some kind of line of random text and numbers on the other. And the camera zooms in on it. Is this when she goes to the authority? 
trees or whatever? Or did she like continue trying to do this by herself? Okay, you would think so. But what she ends up doing, she goes back to the hotel lobby and there is a news report playing. The news reports are very big in this movie, Sam. And very convenient. Like, it's <laughs> They're amazing. They're very conveniently timed. <laughs> there is a news report saying that Wall Street's crashed due to some computer pranksters, quote unquote. And it's like destroying the economy. And well, she's we trying. Well, like that economy anyway. She's trying to get her room key, but the guy at the hotel desk says that she's checked out previously. She checked out that weekend. And she's oh, like, no. I didn't check out. And he's like, she's like, I am the person that has the room. I did not check out. And he is like the least helpful clerk I've ever seen in my whole life. She's like, sorry, I can't help you next. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's not how that works. I didn't even say, I'm sorry, we have no other rooms available. I can't put you in another room. Here's another hotel. Like, they do so much more than that if something like that happens. Yeah, no, that's going to be a bad Yelp review you on yeah, pre-Yelp wild. internet. <laughs> I've actually never seen a hotel do that in my four in my life. She next is trying to get her, she's in some building, who knows where. She's trying to get some credit card info, info, but it keeps saying that her credit card is not the correct number for her credit card. And then this woman comes up to her behind her. She's like, on the, she's on the payphone. And this woman comes up to her behind her and says, hey, are you Ruth Marks? And she ignores her because that's not her name. And... She keeps talking on the phone, and the lady's like, excuse me, I'm sorry, are you Ruth Marks? Are you Ruth Marks? She finally looks at her, she's like, I'm not Ruth Marks. You're looking for somebody else. And the woman says, no, you're the one that's here for the temporary visa, correct? So apparently she's gone to one of the government buildings, consulate, I don't know. Okay. Trying to get a temporary visa so she can get back home. And she's like, I'm, I am here for temporary visa, but my name is not Ruth Marks. And they're like, well, that's who we have on file for your social security number, which she validates out loud in the lobby oh, next to man, the paper. Oh man, there's face. so many bad security practices in this movie. <laughs> the 90s were wild. Oh, God. I, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> And she looks down at the paperwork, Angela does, and uh-huh. everything is correct except her name. So there are pictures on there. It's for, see the California DMV. So her pictures on there, her address is correct, date of birth, every right. social. It's just her name. So clearly someone's messing with her, but like, why? Why does change her name to like be a jerk? You'll get there, Sam. You'll okay. find out. I'm sure I will. <laughs> this sounds like the worst prank ever. It is. And so she looks at the the person and the woman and is like, just just to clarify, if I if this isn't me, like I can't get back into the United States, correct? And she's like, basically like, yeah, you have That's to sign not this suspicious. paper. I know this is the most stupid conversation I've ever heard. And the woman is like, you think a woman who works in this kind of government facility is doing like visas would have some kind of radar? And she's like, yeah. That's right. And she's like, okay. And she signs Ruth Marks on there. I'm Ruth Marks all of a sudden after I just told you I wasn't. <laughs> after that whole conversation, she's like, that's not me. <laughs> I cannot believe that the agent didn't find that suspicious at all. Yeah, that's stupid. She'd be arrested. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So she apparently, uh, Angela slash Ruth makes it back home. <laughs> and, and Ruth. And Ruth. And she pulls up Ruth in Killa. a taxi to her house. <laughs> I almost said house because of Ruth. <laughs> Ruth Gula. Yeah, Ruth. Threw me Ruth off, Sam. house. Got it. <laughs> so as she pulls up in this taxi to her house, there's a for sale sign outside of her home. That was fast. Got a real turn everything. So she steps into the house. It's being cleared out. And she meets the real estate agent that's inside doing like home viewings. And the next scene is now her talking to the police. 
and some woman who I think maybe, uh, I don't, I'm not sure was the person with the mortgage payments. I'm not entirely sure how she's connected and the uh, real estate agent and everybody like the woman and the real estate agent are like, everything's on the up and up. We have the deed documents. We signed with uh, Angela, the Angela they think exists. And well, I'm Ruth Marks. <laughs> right. And like she had mortgage payments. She had proof of everything. Like this is not the woman we talked to. And that woman, the other woman had proof of everything. And she, the police are like, this would be so much easier if you just had ID. And she's like, like I have told you 12,000 times, all of my stuff was stolen. So I don't have any proof. And she shows them the visa and explains, like, what happened. And they're like, okay. Yeah, so that's not going to work. What do you think, Angela? <laughs> so they go to run the, like, social or whatever. The cop goes out to the car to run the um, information. So the camera zooms out. And you're looking at the outside of her house. Outside the house, the cop is doing, looking at her, her information. And inside of another car is Jack. Uh-oh, Jack the he's stalker. He's alive and well. And he's listening in on the conversation. He's obviously bugged the house or something, and he's grinning. So he's, he he's loves into it. messing with people, I guess. I guess so. So he is currently hacking into her file. He has a laptop in his car. I didn't know internet was so good back then. You could just do it from yeah, the car. Wild. This is like modern day internet, but with 90s technology on the screen. It's hilarious. <laughs> Amazing. So he is pulling up a bunch of priors so that when the cop runs info on her, it's coming up. Like he's adding them over there. So he's like in real time giving Seems her a like criminal it. record. Appears <laughs> uh, to be. Yeah, because I'm sure police database worked up to the internet back then. This is how it works. I don't know how cops' uh, laptops work as they're 95, but apparently they have instant access to the cop database. Wow, magic. It is. So apparently, back in the house, Angela cannot produce a single human being in existence that can prove that she's Angela. Not even her boss. She, she has no friends. She's never met her boss co-workers in person. Nobody knows what she looks like. Her mom has Alzheimer's. Like, she just... <laughs> The, not what? a neighbor <laughs> what about the people who like check her into the to the clinic or, or the facility where her mother is yeah apparently sam nobody like nobody <laughs> just person she doesn't deserve to have an identity <laughs> she's apparently the biggest loner in the entire world not a single human being can say that this is actually angela so while the cops are running her stuff she realizes this is obviously gonna be a huge issue and she ends up stealing the real estate agent's phone and sneaks out of the house and runs for it if she tries to do internet stuff on her phone, I'll be very upset. She doesn't. She just uses it for phone calls, Sam. You're good. Okay, good. Woo! <laughs> so Jack, meanwhile, in his car, answers his giant cell phone and or car phone. I think it's his car <laughs> phone. <laughs> and he's talking to some random guy. Apparently in the 90s, you can't tell the difference between a cell phone and a car phone. <laughs> well, that's, that's fair. <laughs> and he says to the guy, like, I'll take care of her. He says, get the disc, find out who she's been speaking to. The guy doesn't want another encounter like in Mexico. He needs to deal with her. So he's clearly working for somebody. Yeah. And Angela, meanwhile, using her cell phone, she tries to call into work to get a hold of her boss, the one that she had called prior to leaving on her vacation, who told mm -hmm. her about Dale. But the receptionist says that he no longer works for the company. Wow, him and Dale both gone. I know. I don't know if he's dead, though. <laughs> he's just not assume. there. <laughs> So she asks for security that she's Angela Bennett. She's trying to reach somebody in security. And she's like, oh, let me put you through to Angela Bennett. <laughs> and she's like, no, what? I'm Angela Bennett. But it's no, too late. I'm Angela Bennett. <laughs> so some random woman answers the phone saying she's Angela Bennett and quickly drops this ruse. She's like, just give us a disc back and we'll drop this whole thing. And oh, Angela's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I also do not have a disc. <laughs> 
It was destroyed when I crashed in a dinghy in the middle of the ocean, and then your partner just left me there, and his giant bones have come in to, like, retrieve me and the disc. Yes, exactly, but she doesn't say any of that. She says, I don't have a disc. <laughs> and they're like, yes, right. So Jack is apparently trying to pick up the cell phone that he somehow knows that she has. Trying to, like, <laughs> trace it? Yeah, I don't know how he finds out that he... This, is, this oh. Sam, is where this whole movie starts to do things where you're like, how would anybody know that that's what she's doing in this moment? This is where Hollywood equates computers with wizardry. Yeah, and it's literally from this from this point on, everything that gets done, I was like, how? 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 It's all just magic, Danielle. <laughs> computers are magic because no one in Hollywood knows how they work. They're like, oh yeah, it's a, you push a button and wizardry happens. <laughs> so somehow Jack knows that she's on a cell phone. Not only that, but she's on the cell phone of the real estate agent. I'm assuming because he's listening in on the conversations in the house, so maybe he heard the real estate agent say, she stole my phone, and he tracked that, tracked it to her, and he's trying to ping it. It's a whole thing. Sounds like nonsense. Yeah. So she finally gets a hold of Alan. Who's Alan? I don't know, but he's played by Dennis Miller. <laughs> he's on third. <laughs> Crazy. And she ends up giving her cell phone to a homeless guy. So when Jack finally gets it, you know, within He's going to murder a homeless man. No, he drives past and is like, he sees the homeless guy in the cell phone. He's like, oh, she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> So the next scene, she is in a hotel room with this guy, Alan. No. Yes. It's a car. Maybe it's a car. Cyberbob? No. The, Alan, apparently, this is intuitive because I they do not explain this really. So apparently, when she was sleeping with Jack, she mentioned to him that the last time she had had sex was with her therapist many moons ago. What is with this woman? I know. Who cheated on his wife, I guess. She obviously was like, that was a terrible decision. She had learned from that mistake, Sam. <laughs> Me get a better therapist. And so apparently, I I'm 99.9% .9 sure that this is the therapist. <laughs> so... In her moment of greatest despair, she calls her ex-therapist slash ex-lover and is like, this is the guy who's going to sort all this computer technology stuff out for me. Yeah. So here's, this is what I thought was funny. So one of the reasons she throws out for contacting him is like, there's no reason they would tie me to you. But I was like, you just told yeah. Jack that you slept with your ex-therapist. <laughs> In fact, this is the only person they might tie you to. So, I mean, I think there are other reasons, too, because she doesn't have that many people in her life, but this, that was one of the reasons she actually Why not call someone in authority, who at the very least can take you into protective custody? Her thought process, I think, is I just ran away from the police, because she says this later, I don't want to, like, end up back with the police, because I they guess. don't believe me. I mean, sure. That, and right fair. now, all her stuff's tight, like, her social's tight, and her th fingerprints are tight, like, every thing is tied into Ruth Marks right now. Because so, she's a Mark. <laughs> apparently. The possible therapist doesn't seem to believe her, which is great. He thinks she's reaching out for help. <laughs> You're a terrible therapist, buddy. Kind of, yeah. So she's panicking because they seem to know everything about her and her entire life exists on the internet, which is very uh, prescient for 1995 because at the time you could tell she was like ahead of her time that uh -huh. she did all this stuff online and now it like literally is like that. <laughs> wow. Kind of funny. So she asks him if he can move her mom to a county sanitarium to protect her, like under a different, I think under a different name. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Like, let's do that. And he offers to reach out to an FBI friend of his. And she's kind of afraid of that because of the police issue. But she eventually is like, yeah, let him know. Let's see what, you know, maybe we can figure out something. So she does agree to that. I guess. So he leaves to go figure out the mom stuff, get food, that kind of stuff. And 
using a card from her purse that she had seen earlier, the one that had the like email and the numbers on it. Mm-hmm. She takes out her computer and she somehow... She has her computer yeah, still. Yeah, she still has her computer. How she had her computer? Did she take it from her house? She... Or maybe she got another one. I don't survived know. The floppy disk didn't. Well, her house was all cleared out, so no, but maybe... I don't know, Sam. That's a great question. Because her hotel room, she couldn't get back in there. Maybe she was using a one in the hotel room or got one. Maybe her. Maybe Alan brought one. I'm not sure. I didn't think about it at the time, but you're right. She should not have a computer. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know where the computer came from, but she has one. All right. <laughs> and she somehow hacks the like email address thing on the front, and it gets her into the Bethesda Naval Hospital login page. For sure, records. why not? Yeah, why not? I don't know how that email ties in, but here we are. <laughs> and she uses the text on the back as a password, but it actually doesn't work. But on that same page, there is a symbol, the little pie symbol that she saw on the Mozart page. Right, right, cherry her. pie, got it. Yeah, cherry pie. And she clicks on that and a password request comes up. So she puts in the password that was on the card or what she assumed was a password. And it brings up the medical records for the Undersecretary of Defense. Did someone fake his HIV diagnosis? Absolutely. It's 100% negative. Oh. I know. Poor guy. So unfortunately, at this time, Jack gets some kind of alert that someone's accessing the file. And he wonders if it's her, because who else would it be, I guess? Yeah, of course. But it's running through various areas, you know, VPN kind of thing all over the place. And she's try- they're trying to get a lock on it. Classic, like, we're following it through the nodes one at a time. <laughs> exactly. Which is so total BS. It's going to take 15 to 30 minutes, Sam. <laughs> That's fast for 95 days. I know. They're, they're quick. Computers are fast. They were. So meanwhile, Alan's picking up a prescription at the pharmacy, getting some food, and Angela is trying to find out who her friends are that she chats with every night to like actually find out their real identities because they have a lot of computer knowledge, so she's hoping she can like play Cap it off that. with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So she finds out that Cyberbob is supposedly a local. <gasps> Finally, Cyberbob. Don't get your hopes up, Sam. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're already up, Danielle. It's too late. So she reaches out to him in a private chat, and she's like, hey, have you ever seen a pie symbol on a program before? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's for the Praetorians. P-R-A-E-T-O-R-I-A-N-S. Praetorians. You mean like the Roman soldiers? Yes. (laughs) All right, the Praetorians, got it. So the big bad wolf, cyber terrorists, they want to blow the house down, he says. Uh, That's what the Praetorians are. How does like their, how does this large cyber terrorist organization exist and she's never heard of it? Like what kind of security professional is she? <laughs> well, apparently it's a little bit new, Sam. We're going to get into it shortly. Okay. <laughs> so Cyberbob's like, we really shouldn't talk about this, but they're responsible for LAX, Wall Street, Atlanta. Don't mess with them. And she's like, you have to tell me more. I'm like, I don't want to mess with them. They're messing with me. And she, he's like, let's meet in real life IRL. <laughs> yeah. And they agree to meet that night at the Santa Monica Pier. And then her connection's kind of disconnected. And Jack, meanwhile, has her location. But she does not realize this. Well, of course. Because 15 to 30 minutes of chatting with Cyberbot. I guess, yeah. I guess it took her at least 15 minutes. Maybe it was all that, like, dial up. Like, how'd she get dialed? She, like, plug it into the phone jack of the payphone? You don't see her do any of these things, Sam. (laughs) Because I don't know how good Wi-Fi was. As far as I can tell you, I'm wireless. (laughs) Yeah. 
perfect coverage in cities. Like, all, oh, they have LTE in the 1995 or whatever. I don't know, but they could do it in cars. They could do it in the hotel room. They could do it, like, literally anywhere, apparently. Magic 90s computer. I forgot. Computers are wizards. I, yes. Let's move on. So she's in the hotel room. She's drying her hair when the phone rings in her room. Now, I don't know, Sam. If you were on the run... And you were in a Maybe hotel room by it. yourself. And your hotel room started, like, ringing the phone. Don't answer it. Don't answer w- it. Wouldn't you be at least suspicious, right? Y- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't no. answer it. She just wanders over to it and picks up the phone. She's like, hello? And I was like, Sandra! <laughs> She's just like, hi, this is Angela or Ruth, whoever you want me to be. <laughs> How can I help you today? Yeah. <laughs> She's super chill. And nobody's on the line. And I'm like, Angela, who is calling you in your hotel room? Like, Maybe the front desk. Maybe. <laughs> no, that's ludicrous. Just don't, I don't answer my phone all the time. Just don't answer it. <laughs> it was so weird. And the way she didn't even look suspicious at the phone, I would have been looking at that phone going, oh my God, I got to get out of this room. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Nope. She's a terrible si- uh, uh, a security professional. Wild. It was wild. So then Alan knocks on the door, you know, jump, makes her jump a little bit because nobody was online. She's like, hello, hello, is anybody there? And Alan shows up with Chinese food and he's moved her mom supposedly to the new building. And she's like, I don't have time to eat. I'm off to see Cyber Bob. And he's like, uh, yeah, you're not going to that alone. That's crazy. You're just going to go meet some random stranger from the internet? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> so he's driving her to the pier and she's filling him in all the crazy stuff that she's found about the Praetorians and all of that. And she's like, I've got to get back to Cathedral. That's the company she works for. I've got to get into the Mozart's Ghost program and like trace back figure out what's going on with this specific program because this is where it all started. And while she's talking, Alan starts to cough and then like gasp for breath as he's driving. Let me guess. The prescription was tampered with. He's like, I need my pills, my pills. And she's like, what pills? And she's like looking, she can't find anything. And he kind of pulls off the road and um, she ends up taking him to the hospital. So apparently the, the camera like zooms in over to the pills and he sees a bottle of penicillin. And it turns out that he's allergic to it, but he's yeah, going to be but, yeah. fine, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. He's not Cyber Bob. He's not Cyber Bob, probably. So how we got a penicillin <laughs> prescription, I don't know, but there we are. Well, obviously they just hacked the pharmacy. Well, yeah, obviously. But even like, it even says penicillin on the bottle, which means he didn't look at his bottle. They didn't look oh, at you, the bottle. Well, that's just, no, that's irresponsible from Alan's perspective. And he's professional therapist? No. <laughs> So he's in the hospital, he's, you know, hooked up to the IV, all that kind of stuff. And after chatting with him, they have a nice little moment. And she's like, I'm going to go meet Cyber Bob. So if you're doing okay, you're cool. He's like, yeah, just go. And so she ends up leaving. Does he exit the film at this point? You will find out shortly. Okay. <laughs> so cue the pier looking appropriately creepy at night. You know, there's the yeah. all the what rides and the people. And it's like, and they do it. It's definitely horror style filming in that with all the like the quick cuts and the spinnings and the screaming and the music creepy and it's actually a pretty good scene and back at the hospital homeboy is definitely about to be murdered <laughs> yeah i figured <laughs> so a mysterious figure it's like it's clearly like a nurse or something they're in scrubs changes out his iv bag for and, penicillin <laughs> yes with more penicillin he's gonna be so bacteria free <laughs> dead but bacteria free that's right and then it switches back to the pier and she's looking all over she's trying to find cyber rob she doesn't know what he looks like obviously I don't, they didn't seem to pick a specific place at the pier to me everyone in this movie sucks it's wild and then as she's looking jack comes up behind her and grabs her and he's like sorry bob couldn't make it <laughs> why did you shoot her i don't know sam there's so many like so many reasons so 
here's the dilemma, according to Jack. He's oh, like, he needs a disc. Well, he needs a disc. He's also, also, you could probably just kill her. I guess he's maybe concerned that she put the discs, like gave the disc to somebody else or something. Yeah. Or is talking about it with somebody else. But according to Jack, here's the dilemma. He's genuinely attracted to her, okay? He doesn't really want to kill her because he kind of likes her. I mean, Jeez. no one wants to murder a hottie. <laughs> Jeez, Angela. <laughs> And Angela's like, I am genuinely going to attract half the Santa Monica Police Department if you don't go away. Uh, <laughs> okay, he's going to murder you. Just should I get the gravity of the situation? <laughs> it's pretty funny, though. It's a good lie, but also a good way to get yourself shot. It is, but I mean, she's already being like strong-armed by this guy, so I don't know how much worse it's going to get. So he says, you're not actually going to do that because you've been avoiding the police. And bummer, Ruth Marks has a criminal record for like drugs and other charges. So that's not going to go over well. Literally nobody will believe you. (laughs) Aw, poor Ruth Marks. So he tells her, he's like, everybody has their button and the things, you know, something that they'll do anything for. Like the undersecretaries, for example, was his homophobia. And she's like, listen, I don't have the disc. So I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. I don't have it. It was destroyed. I like lost it. It doesn't exist. Nobody knows. And he's like, that's okay. Everything I need is in your head. So just come with me. <laughs> uh, did she memorize the contents of the floppy disk? No, I'm like, what does she have that nobody else could like, just kill her. <laughs> I mean, she has Sandra Bullock, which is great, but that's not what you need. I feel like he could have let this go when she disappeared, and yeah. nothing would have come of it. I mean, this is this is like the librarian all over again, where if everyone just did nothing, none of the plans would have had problems. Yeah, that's a hundred percent the librarian. Because yeah, she like kind of knew the disc was tied in, but I'm not sure she would have been able to take it much farther than that. All right, what she would have done? Maybe gotten the copy stored at Cyber Tower, whatever her company's called. Cathedral. Cathedral. There we <laughs> <Cyber> go. Cyber Tower. <laughs> I don't know. It made a lot of sense in my head. <laughs> That's kind of like what a cathedral is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a cyberdella. Anyway, the point is, like, they already had their plant over at cathedral. They already had, like, her doppelganger taking her identity. Exactly. There are, like, many ways to kind of smooth this over, and she probably would have just let it go because she doesn't want to be harassed by some random people. Right. As soon as she, like, left Mexico, they could have just dropped it and it would have been fine. Yep. But no. Instead, they decided to take her down. Crazy. Right, it is wild. And so he's, like, pulling her along through the, the fair, you know, kind of pretending like they're a couple, but is basically just, like, grasping her and pulling her side, through. Yeah. yeah. And this obnoxious costume bunny that's been, you know, making all this, like, you know, hanging out with people and making them do stupid stuff with him bumps into her and... And she makes a run for it after that and hightails it for the carousel for atmosphere, I assume. Cottontails it. Cottontails it to the carousel. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack legit tries to kill her with his gun, which is very brave in a crowded Santa Monica pier on a carousel. <laughs> Does nobody see this? Nobody sees it. He has a silencer and he like misses her. It doesn't hit anybody else. It just hits one of the the things on the carousel, I think. And she manages to escape off the carousel and hides in the machinery box. So she's hiding in the gearbox of the carousel. That seems safe. Well, I don't it's like the gearbox gearbox. It's like the thing that's often either off to the side or in the center that has like you can control stuff from. She's like in the control box. Oh, okay. Control room. Yeah. It's a small little space. So she's stuck in there. He doesn't know that because it's just so much, you know, energy and activity going on. So she, he loses her and the carousel is definitely being filmed like a horror movie, which is like, really, this is the best part of the film. It's just how, the, how this is filmed. <laughs> Do you think this movie would be better or worse if the entire thing was just filmed like a horror movie? Um, I mean, it kind of has that thriller horror vibe already. And interestingly, it kind of 
it's already to that point, but it's definitely getting a little bit more so is like, even though the the movie itself is not super high stress about the fact that she's like lost her entire identity. If you actually stop to think about that for like three seconds, it's like terrifying that she's that in is this a pretty position. horrific idea. And so it kind of has like if you just even you don't think about it much while you're watching it, but if you just stop for a moment, you're like, this is a horror movie. Like this would be <laughs> awful. So you're just lost at the Santa Monica Pier. Everybody like in the entire world thinks you're Ruth Marks. You have a, not a single person in your life that can vouch for you because they've never seen you in person. Like I would just be scary. <laughs> This sounds more like it's a parable about human connections. <laughs> and a little bit towards the end, definitely. She has a couple of lines that obviously are kind of making that, like, our whole lives are online. <laughs> I was like, this is a 95. We're in trouble. <laughs> oh, man. They have no idea what the trouble we're in. <laughs> so, good times. Good thing security got a bit stronger, I guess. Mm, sort of. Did it? <laughs> no. So she does manage to lose him and frustrated, he hits the carousel with his fists and she ends up sneaking back to the hospital to go back to Alan. Who's dead? Yeah, bad news bears, though. <laughs> Alan's super dead. Whatever happened to Cyberbob? Who knows, Sam? Because uh, apparently he just couldn't make it. <laughs> is Jack Cyberbob? I don't think so. But he like, Cyberbob is never brought up again. That is a travesty. Isn't that weird? I want Cyberbob. Free Cyberbob. Now, imagine my confusion watching this where I thought Jack was Cyberbob originally, and then she's contacting Cyberbob, and I was like, what are you doing? Isn't he Jack? I'm like, oh, he must not be Jack. He must have just, Jack must have been listening in on our conversation. It would have been way better if he was Cyberbob, but she didn't realize it, and he was like still playing both sides. Yeah, that would have been a better movie, but sadly, that's, I don't, we can pretend that's what happened because the plot definitely suggests either way. (laughs) Okay, great. We've solved it, Danielle. We solved another movie. Good for us. Because I was particularly... And then Cyberbop doesn't come. Jack does. And I was like, maybe he is Jack. <laughs> Man, Cyberbob, who are you? This movie. Yeah, you Where never for meet art Cyberbob. thou, Cyberbob? I like to assume in the future she met Cyberbob and they got along pretty well and <laughs> had it's a good babies future to believe in. Or something. I don't know. Little cyber babies. Mm, AI. Let's, let's, let's get back to the movie, Danielle. <laughs> All right. So anyway, at the hospital, she's like freaking out. And the nurses tell her that he was being treated for diabetes. Alan was. And his insulin caused an issue. It's, you know, not common, but it happens. And she's like, he does not have diabetes. And they're like, it's in the computer system. (laughs) Wow. What a dystopia they're painting, which has come to pass. Yes, it's crazy. But you would also like his, I think his health information was correct when he entered the hospital. Yeah. That nobody seemed to notice at some point, like, oh, we just noticed he had diabetes. Like, I better get him some insulin at midnight. And even today, someone's told you, like, no, I don't have diabetes. Your computer's wrong. You would at least listen to him. Yeah, you would think so. But I was asleep when they did his IV bag switch. So maybe they just were like, I, did he, they, wouldn't they even check his diet, like his insulin before they gave him insulin? Oh. <laughs> like, right. You don't have, have to, like, give someone <laughs> insulin. You check their blood sugar, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they'd switch out medication in the middle of the night, too. Usually they wake you up and do that, like, what's your name and date of birth? We're giving you this medication thing because of situations like this. (laughs) This is a negligent hospital. It is. You could sue. And so I'm actually at this point still confused about how they knew that Alan was in the hospital. I mean, they've sent him, they, okay, so he, they somehow figured out that he, she went to Alan. And that he had a prescription. And he a prescription, to and he wouldn't, somehow wouldn't Danielle, notice about penicillin. Do we not establish that these computers are all magic and omniscient? <laughs> and somehow they just track him everywhere he goes. And then they know that he went to the hospital, and then they know that he's going to, like, 
die from an insulin over like it's just it's just amazing <laughs> it's it's uh, far-fetched i think uh, the far-reaching conspiracy sam uh, see, i don't know if it's far-reaching or not because it'll just be jack doing this from his magic computer it is all so jack like one doing person. this from his magic computer <laughs> It's just one person, Danielle. It is. It's just Jack. So she leaves the hospital. She takes Alan's car and she drives off. But somehow Jack has her car phone number and knows that she's in the car. Is he watching her? I don't know. <laughs> watching her from space with satellites. In his wireless like laptop in his car. <laughs> Obviously this GPS. I don't know, Danielle. I told you, computers equal wizards in movies. So he calls her and he's like, listen, you know, we're we're both alike. We're both loners. We're just looking for clarity in this life of, of madness. And we have similar interests. And I'm, this is the weirdest character, this Jack guy. It's he's like, like trying to seduce her. Yeah, it's like, I really enjoyed sleeping with you. Couldn't you just be my soulmate or something? Like, I swear that's he's the like, vibe he's giving off. I was like, I know I, I tried to murder you and I'm ruining your life, but, you know, maybe we could just hook up a couple more times. Like, I'm really lonely. Yeah, don't hold it, per- like, against me. I'm just doing my job. I'm just working for the man. <laughs> like... So what's his proposal? Like, if you come turn yourself in, I will end all this. We can we can go out help ever ask her to meet criminals he together. He doesn't like, really say that. The, really, it's the weirdest this, conversation. No, oh, gosh. He's not proposing anything. He's useless. Not at this point, no. At this point, he's literally just like, we're very alike, you and I, and we could get along. And oh, by the way, I'm going to go visit an old piano teacher friend of mine, which is obviously her mom. So he's threatening yeah. her while telling her, but I really do like you. This is dumb. He's dumb. He's weird. They're all dumb. <laughs> This is a movie of dum-dums and magic computers. <laughs> Bizarre. So then, of course, she's like, immediately, there's some, like, police lights behind her. The siren goes off. She's speeding. I don't know, Sam, but she's... Let's assume. Immediately starts to try to outrun the police. And she uh, slides off the side of the road and jumps out of the car and runs off into the California wilderness. Because apparently she's not on a freeway. So that's good, I guess. Okay. Good for her. <laughs> I guess cops will stop chasing you if you get out of your car. Like, oh, well, no. she's gone. She oh, won no, this no, round. no, no, no. The cops definitely chase her and they definitely okay. catch up and she definitely ends up in jail. <laughs> Okay, good. I'm like, that's dumb. Of course she was going to end up in jail. Yeah, I th- I actually thought she might make it to the California wilderness and then spend some time, you know, before getting back into society, figuring all that out. But no, she's in jail. <laughs> okay, good. God, I, I underestimated the, the police pursuing her. I did too. I was surprised. In jail, she's speaking to a lawyer and she explains her whole situation. And the lawyer is like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like this one computer could barely, barely do anything. Like it would cost like $4,000 or whatever. And this so. is my favorite part with the lawyer because I was like, why would anybody know this? She goes, she's telling her all about the like, that somebody hacked into the Department of Justice system and like changed all my information. And she, the lawyer says, the California criminal justice system computers have been protected by gatekeepers for six months so they're good nobody can like hack into the system <laughs> okay first off why would she know this and why would she share this information what You're lawyer right. knows what security system the, the department of justice's computers has much less is like divulging that to the criminal accused you're interviewing whoever your client whatever yeah, wild two assuming that any software is 100 foolproof is ludicrous right bananas <laughs> And three, was Department of Justice online at this point? Uh, I don't know, but apparently they are. <laughs> okay, great. This is a future 1995, present future. <laughs> okay, a retro-futuristic 1995. <laughs> I don't know. So Angela in this moment is like, gatekeeper, gatekeeper. Like, I keep hearing this. Oh my gosh, it's the program. It's somehow, can this virus, this thing, this oh, backdoor is connected? I know. Like, I thought that the very first time it was said and thrown into conversation, I'm like, oh, it's the program. <laughs> 
Yeah, no kidding. It's a back door or something. Right. And the lawyer is basically like, you've got to give up this lie because you're never going to make it to court with this story. Like, not a soul is going to believe you. Yeah, because it's completely ludicrous. Right. I'm paid to believe you and I don't believe you. (laughs) Good line. They then, for some bizarre reason, try to get Angela's mom on the phone to confirm that she is Angela. Like, the woman is in a dementia care center. (laughs) Yeah, she's not going to (laughs) help. She, like, why even bother? so dumb i know so she, dumb lawyer it was weird so she ends up being put back into her cell but surprise remember that fbi agent from earlier sam that alan no. was gonna contact his friend from the fbi uh, department yeah yeah that fbi agent shows up to take her out of jail just does it just Isn't shows just, up suspicious yeah well i guess but the fbi apparently is on top of this they know that there's something going on with all of this well obviously there's been a bunch of stuff happening the stock market and the airplanes yes so in the car like he pulls her out gets her clothes gets her out of jail pays her stuff and in the car he starts asking her questions about how she got involved in all of it like tell me tell tell me the story what happened and how they got into the system the gatekeeper system or whatever and he asks her if she made a copy of the disc after it was ruined and suddenly she's got little red flags going off as she's sitting in the car with this guy because apparently she only told jack that it was ruined right of course and also how do you make a copy of it after it was ruined well before it was ruined then okay i don't know <laughs> I, I wrote after right now it's probably before okay i don't know i don't know if that's you or the movie but either way <laughs> i can rewind and see so apparently she never told Alan, who was the one that contacted the FBI friend. So how I would the FBI know about that at all? Is this where you play along and say, oh, yeah, I have a copy somewhere. Okay. Uh, let's go there. That's what I would do. What yeah. she does is calls him on it and then grabs the wheel of the car and slams the car into another car, which conveniently is Jack's. <laughs> what the heck? Who's <laughs> <was> like waiting, <laughs> watching. I don't uh, know. Sandy, Sandy, Sandy. <laughs> So fake FBI guy is like passed out or possibly dead, but I think he's just passed out. Like he hit his head. There's a little bit of blood and she jumps out of the car and runs for it. And Jack jumps out of his car. He's fine and runs after her. And she barely escapes over one of those train bridges as it's like raising up. She jumps off of it and he lands on the other side and he can't get his car over. You mean a drawbridge? Yeah. Like one of the bridges that go up when the train comes by. Okay. So that night she's, she escapes. That night she's at a new hotel room and apparently- How's she paying for all this. Hi, Sam. I don't know. Maybe Alan gave her some money. <laughs> a card. She has uh, Jack's cards. Maybe she's using those, but she shouldn't. Maybe she's using the cash. I mean, that's a great way for Jack to track her if he's using all his credit cards. I would just use the cash. He had a bunch of cash at the time, so maybe. Okay. Apparently on the news, the it's announced that the entire Pentagon will be using Gatekeeper. Oh, great. The FBI is clearly on top of this. Yes. And it's uh, ironically, according to the news announcer, and ironically announced two weeks to the day after the death of the Undersecretary of Defense, who was a vocal opponent of the program. What a coincidence. On also in other news, Ruth Marks is wanted for the gang style gunshot wound to the head of a guy in a car. The fake FBI agent. Yeah, he's dead. Okay. Yeah. But. Also, how do they think it's Ruth Marks? Let me go give a tip. Like, I saw Ruth Marks in a car shoot a guy. <laughs> I have no idea. I think somebody called it in or something. I like Jack, like, calling him, like, hi, my name's Jack. You don't know me, but I saw this chick called Ruth Marks shoot a guy in the head. Just trust me on that one. Bye. Don't contact me again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they said it in the news, but uh, they show a picture of Sandra Bullock and they're like, this is Ruth Marks. Uh, she murdered somebody, FYI. 
which is on the road. Remarkable. So she shows up to Cathedral because remember, she still wants to get. Sorry. Remarkable. (laughs) Marksable. She shows up at Cathedral because she's still trying to get into the Mozart's ghost program so she can see if she can like hack backwards, basically. I think just like Mozart. Who who doesn't? Yeah. She just wants to hear that cool song again on the riff on the guitar. So she used to work there, but nobody knows her there because she's never actually been like. Well, at least hasn't been inside in years if she has. And she sneaks in and she's wandering around the cubicle office, which I feel is particularly brave considering she's on all the news stations. Yeah. But literally nobody looks up. There's like 50 people just wandering around and they're all busy looking at their paperwork and talking to each other and on their computers and their What cubicle. an indictment of the American work culture. <laughs> Wild. And she finds an empty cubicle space and tries to log into Mozart's ghost program, but she can't because it has access only for Angela Bennett. Well, however will she overcome this obstacle? Do you have any guesses, Sam? Hacking? No. Does she just say I'm Angela Bennett and it works? No, that'd be funny, though. (laughs) Password, Angela Bennett. (laughs) Excellent. Does she kidnap the other Angela, the fake Angela Bennett? That's closer, but no. Okay, well, I'm out of ideas. (laughs) She calls Angela Bennett's cubicle space. Like, she calls the office, requests to speak with Angela Bennett, and it rings. So she, and can, she goes over there and uses her computer? Sort of. So she's trying to figure out where she's located. And fake Angela, like, catches on very quickly. I don't know why you necessarily would think she was in the building with you. But yeah. she catches on very quickly. And she sends off a message to her superior, I guess, somebody to tell them, like, Angel's in the building. You know, God, what do I need to do? They probably Jack. And the real Angela, like, you know, stands up and sees her, like, trying to, seeing the fake Angela look over the the space and is like, oh, that's where she's sitting. So she starts a fire alarm in the building, getting everyone to exit. And fake Angela tries to stick behind, like, not go, because she knows that's probably not a real fire alarm. But she's pushed into it by a co-worker, her boss or something. And she's like, come on, get out of here. And apparently... Also, wait a minute. If Angela Bennett never worked in the office and she's suddenly there in a cubicle, wouldn't that be suspicious? You would think so, but they must have somehow, you know, who knows what they did on their end or just pulled some strings from right. Angela. I think there who they literally like, just recreated an entire human being. <laughs> this is I know, I'm just saying, play. that just seems like far-fetched. You'd be like, oh yeah, this is Angela Bennett. She's been working here forever. Trust us. <laughs> Definitely the same woman you talked to on the phone, even though it sounds nothing like her. Yeah. And you probably have her photo on your computer somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm sorry. She gets pushed out uh, from the fire alarm. Yeah. And nobody care- apparently cares about the real Angela because they all just walk past her cubicle and let her stay there. <laughs> we don't know who this one is. We don't care. You can die. <laughs> so real Angela sneaks over to fake Angela's computer. And apparently fake Angela should have logged off because she just left her computer. Why are these open. people so bad at cybersecurity? <laughs> crazy so she hacks in and tries to delete the ruth marks file but she needs access to the mainframe quote unquote it won't let her do it unless she's in there yes mainframes are still a thing in the 90s (laughs) i don't know maybe they are (laughs) outside the course lots of police and fire trucks are showing up and there's some kind of like candlelight protest going on in the background for reasons unknown protesting fire alarms yes that's what they're (laughs) protesting Because they're candles, obviously. <laughs> I just thought it was what I did also actually think that was kind of funny because all the power goes out in the building. And then you see her go to the window for some reason. Instead of just continuing to hack, she goes to check out the noises. I'm like, you created the noises. You know why they're out there, Angela. Wait, wait, wait. wait. If the power goes out, how is she continuing to hack? Quote, the unquote, lights go continue- out, but the power power doesn't actually go out. Maybe oh, okay. the rest of the... Something else kicks in, but the lights go I off. don't know. Okay, sure. 
So real Angela, she's sitting at the computer, finally gets that return message. Remember when fake Angela sent out the message to Dale? Yep. She gets a return message saying... Not to Dale, saying, to Jack. Or sorry, yes, to Jack. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me, Sam, on my movie. Dale's dead. Danielle, Dale's dead. <laughs> Dale. So uh, she gets a return message saying to destroy the Mozart program and the real Angela. Kill them. Kill them both. Okay, sure. You can't really kill a program, <laughs> That's but... That's what uh, she said. Whatever. <laughs> I hear what okay. he said. I just made it up. Well, you were much more dramatic than Jack. <laughs> So she asks the person on the other line who the who Praetorian is, or asks the computer who Praetorian is. That's what she does. She says, hey, computer, who's Praetorian? Even though Google doesn't exist yet. Yeah, it's like she's she's like hacking into, she literally types like who is Praetorian in the little like box that's bringing up information and it gets her an IP address. Oh, that's not how that works. <laughs> I thought you'd love that part. I mean, to be fair, Unix like systems do have a command for like who am I or whatever to That's identify what she's like, the user, but it doesn't just like let you search a full sentence and then get back an IP address. Anyway, no. And why would you, as like the secret Praetorian user, why would that be your net code name? <laughs> All right. People suck. <laughs> So she starts tracking this Praetorian person and an announcement comes onto the system saying everybody can return to work. It was a false alarm and she's doing her hacking keys, you know, noises. Hacking keys. Yep. And apparently Praetorian is Jeff Gregg. Jeff Gregg is the owner of Gatekeeper. So Oh, color me surprised. So she downloads a bunch of files to a floppy disk, a new floppy disk. Because I can do that. <laughs> That's how it works. And she also finds the one that she had sent to Dale with the other virus on it, the one that had yep. been on the video game. And she also, when you're wa- when she was walking in earlier, I didn't mention it, when she was walking in earlier, there was an announcement that there was like a business convention happening that some of the employees needed to go to later, and it was happening nearby. So she heads for that business convention. We don't know why. She's going to blend yet. in. Yeah. Or, so, ooh, ooh, better yet, she's going to do one of those dramatic reveals. She gets up like, I don't know what to make. I know who Praetorian is. Yeah, I actually, that's where I thought that was going, Sam. It does not go there. <laughs> nah, it's really disappointing because it's lots of fun. I know. When I heard she was going to the business convention, I was like, is she going to like do a slideshow projection? <laughs> like <laughs> the presentation at the, pre- at the business convention? It'd be hilarious she just got up like, here's my PowerPoint deck for Praetorian. Do you know how to increase profits and decrease murders? Stop Praetorian. Let me show you how all of my coworkers have died in the last week. <laughs> oh, PowerPoint crashed. Damn. <laughs> the virus. Oh, no. Praetorian, why? No, that's just a normal PowerPoint thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So real Angela doesn't clean up her mess on the computer either. So fake Angela now knows. Why do people suck so... I was very confused. And she puts an alert to the building that someone broke into her computer. So security's on the lookout for, you know, Sandra Bullock. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And she also contacts Jack and lets him know what's going on. And as uh, Sandra's leaving the... Slash Angela is leaving the um, room. She sees one of the firemen as, like, coats thrown off on the side as he's, like, trying to fix something on the ceiling. So she puts She steals the coat and stuff and puts them on and sneaks out of the building. And Jack shows up. And this is where I realized that the big rally that was happening outside for no apparent reason whatsoever is mm-hmm. a healthcare for all rally. And that was wildly depressing since that was 1995. Oh, that was very depressing. <laughs> like 15 years ago. 
Yep. Wait, more than 15, 15 Danielle. you're right. 25, right? There you go. You're off by a decade. I know. I was like, wait, what year is that? <laughs> That's Crazy. even more depressing. Uh, yeah, that was great. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, man, things have not changed. <laughs> not gotten any better. So they somehow keep up with her, even though there's literally like a million people in the streets. There's all the people coming back in from the fire alarm. There's the protesters. There's a business convention. And they just like follow her. And they realize that she's going to the convention center. And apparently she's there to use a computer. Because there are no other computers anywhere in the city. What her magic laptop? She's going to be able to produce out of nowhere. I don't know, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she wasn't using a laptop in that scene. Maybe it was a real computer. I don't know. So Jake and fake Angela are searching the convention center and she sits down at one of the open computer banks, which apparently are just all over the place because, you know, it's a computer convention. And she seems to be sending an email to the Justice Department that she's been a witness to some crimes, which is, I'm sure, the absolute surest way to get your point across in the 1990s. Uh, dear Justice Department, I saw a murder. You can contact me at this email address no, that, because I'm yeah. currently being pursued by evil people. That is almost exactly what her message says. But then she does, to her credit, attach all of her documentation that she had downloaded on that floppy disk. Great. I'm sure your email attachments can handle that back in 1995. <laughs> so she you know, I guess to the Justice Department, they have a high-tech new system that is soon to be... Gatekeeper, <laughs> right. <laughs> <My> gatekeeper. <laughs> So Jack's hot on her trail, and as she pushed, like, she takes that disc out, the one with all the information, and she pushes in that other disc that she had, which was the um, virus program, and he steps in, and he stops her, and he's like, she's like, ha ha, I just sent everything to the FBI, sucker, look at my screen. But he's like, we have gatekeeper, we can just wipe it That's or whatever. That's 100% what he says. He's like, yep, well, I've got a back door into the FBI, so um, I'm just gonna, like, log in here and hit the escape key. She's <laughs> not very bright, is she? So he logs in. But this locks him. Okay, I don't know what's going on in this scene. Maybe if you ever watch this, you can tell me. But <laughs> I, I, I doubt that. He locks in and he's in the mainframe. And I'm in the mainframe. When he hits escape to like get rid of all her evidence, it, it wipes the computer. It's, it's a virus. Yeah, it starts to it like sets the virus in motion that she'd stuck in there, and it deletes all the gatekeeper system with this virus. This crazy Wait, virus. That doesn't make any sense. Like it would delete it if she. Mm. So if the virus is on the computer, she's on, it would delete it unless she sent the virus to the Justice Department somehow? I don't know, Sam. I do not understand what's going on in this scene. It seems like he's on a different computer, so that's perplexing. And I don't, like, I assume what she plugged in must have been the virus disk, so it's somehow tied in. And when he hits escape, it triggers the virus, but I don't know why it triggers the virus. That it's eating up the mainframe and it's destroying the entire gatekeeper system. So unless... She- even she emailed the virus to, they'd have to, like, activate it first. I know. I can't tell you, Sam. <laughs> wow. Um, magic computers, Daniel, I guess. It was, I, like, I actually watched the scene a couple times because I thought at first he sat down at her computer and that made a little more sense. But then I think he was at a different computer that I was all thrown off. And then I couldn't tell what was going on with the disc. And I was like, okay. I like 90s computer technology apparently far exceeds my ability to understand computers. Uh, we really regressed since the 90s, apparently, <laughs> in computer technology. We've gone backwards. We've Moore's gone law in reverse. <laughs> We're somehow like worse at our viruses. <laughs> yeah, or like our computers are somehow less able to communicate and share information. Wild. Wild. <laughs> so Angela runs for it when they like they both look at the computer, him and fake Angela, and they're like, oh no, what have we done? And she's like, ah, and she runs away. And so she- they've wiped just the department computers once, but it's not like that solved the problem. 
Uh, somehow it's like actually taking down the gatekeeper backdoor system, this virus, however sure. she attacks. In the Justice Department, what about everywhere else? It seems to suggest possibly everywhere, Sam, Whoa, but maybe not. A, this is the worst use of a computer since Independence Day when they managed <laughs> to hack an alien computer with a freaking MacBook. <laughs> So I mean, maybe I just misunderstood the premise because it does resolve a little bit differently in a, in a few minutes here. But I, that was my understanding of what was going on because they were like, oh, no, the gatekeeper system is being destroyed. <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans. I've said it. That's it. It's in there. Shenanigans. It was by far the most confusing part of the entire movie for me. And it's like <laughs> the part you're supposed to understand. It's the whole point. The most shenanigan <laughs> So Angela runs and she ends up in this like back storage space, electrical space, like one of those areas where everything's kind of run through. And Jack and fake Angela end up speeding after her. And they're trying to find her in this big, you know, warehousey place with the, they have the banisters sure. and like things that look like multiple levels and they're all running around, you know, where are you, Angela? That kind of stuff. And Angela, come out to play. And he, Jack, mistakes fake Angela for real Angela in the dark shoots and shoots her dead. <laughs> yep, great. Jack, you're a, you're a real hero. At this point, I write my notes, poor fake Angela. She didn't even have a real name. <laughs> Look, we can trace this all back to Jack being too horny for his own good. Yes. If he had just shot Angela, real Angela, back on the boat, get you, fine. Everything would have been copacetic. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Once again, men let their libido get in the way of human progress. Yes, I would agree. That was the turning point where if he had just done what he was going to do instead of letting Xander Bullock make out with him, this would never have happened. Or like a million other things, you could just let her go and be fine. Um, and speaking of Jack, this next scene is just another weird Jack Jackism. Like he's just saying weird stuff, Sam. <laughs> oh, also, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sorry, I should return back to the boat, Danielle. But I just realized, why do you have to kill her in the first place? As far as she was concerned, her bag was stolen and the disc was gone. I don't know. Like, I just, I genuinely don't know. It would have been- could have taken it back to the hotel room. She would have gone back to, you know, California and been like, that was a fun fling I had in Mexico and game over. Yeah. You know, she and would like, never thought about it again. He, I bet he even could have gotten her, if he was trying to figure out if she knew anything or had told anybody or who was connected. Like, they both were in the same business. She was totally into him. Like, I bet he could have low-key got her to talk about it. And yeah. found out how much she knew and then decided from there, like, do I need to murder this woman or can she just go back to her normal life because she have the disc now, you know? Oh, man. Everyone in this movie's dumb. Yeah, super stupid. It's the librarian, Sam, with 90s technology. It is. <laughs> you were right. So, Jack, anyway, he is trying to find the real Angela and he's just talking to the big open room. He's, you know, doing the classic Monologue, yeah. monologuing. And he's like... Don't you realize, Angela, that you've accomplished everything you wanted? With one keystroke, you managed to delete everything Greg did to you. You've destroyed his program. You've got everything you've ever dreamed out of Did it, it restore all her files, too? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you imagine go back and, like, change all her medical records, change all her social security information. It seems to suggest that, like, he she just basically, like, reversed everything with, the with this escape button. <laughs> How convenient that some unrelated virus had an undo effect on the other system. <laughs> this is dumb. And she finally like steps out from the side hallway into like a you know a light. It's all pitch black. You can see her shadow step in. He's like, "Oh, I knew you'd do the right thing." The right thing what, Jack? Join you on the dark side? Like, what are you asking of her? If he had said to her, we can rule the galaxy as father and son, I would have applauded. <laughs> this is exactly 
exactly what it's like. It sounds like he's pro- propositioned her with something, and all he just keeps doing is being like, I really like you. We should, like, hang out. <laughs> but I'm also going to kill you because kind of my job, so I don't know. That's tough. It's bizarre. So as he approaches her, I knew you'd do the right thing, and he, like, comes towards her. She swings a fire extinguisher at him in slow motion. Really bad slow motion. Your favorite kind, Sam, the choppy kind. Ugh. And then he falls in fast motion off the balcony, and he is very dead. <laughs> Blah, splat. Well, uh, I guess he learned not to mess with time? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe shoot her? That would have been way more, way more sense, but I, he had like some weird thing about keeping her alive, but not, but yes, but not. <laughs> He's indecisiveness. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so he's dead. She yep. rejoins the conference. And as she walks out of this weird side room, she sees a computer, like, slowly digitalizing Ruth Mark's information on the screen as two repair like, guys, yeah. like, trying to fix the virus, quote-unquote. When you say digitalizing, what do you mean? I mean, like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like doing, destroying it's like, Ruth Mark's... Yeah, it's, like, turning into the little, like... Pixels pixel, and, like, floating like, away. Like, pixelation, yeah. Yeah, because that's how the virus... Yeah. And then just doing on that computer means it's off of every record of police <laughs> so system weird. and Department of Justice and every... Yeah, okay. <laughs> She walks out, she sees that, she gives a little smile. And the next scene is Angela helping her mom plant some flowers at the house, at her, I think, the same house that she lived in before. And it was sold. Well, apparently she bought it. And it seems to suggest that everything's, like, gone back to normal. So she Not must... to mention, like, all the corpses left behind, we'll or Alan being dead. Okay, well, Alan's never brought into this again, but the corpses are brought up in just a moment. <laughs> Oh, okay. So the planting flowers at the house and a news program in the background is playing. How convenient. And it says that Greg is uh, going to jail for lots of stuff, you know, including trying to take down the entire economy. And Not a good thing. It's due to uh, some insider information from a program analyst named Angela Bennett. And she gave her name? Now she's a target. No, I know. That's Again. what I thought, too. <laughs> I was like, that's a terrible idea. And also, in unrelated news, two dead people were found at this one computer conference, a Ruth Marks and an unidentified male. How conveniently unrelated. Yeah, so apparently uh, fake Angela was actually Ruth Marks, which I don't know why I didn't think that was the case. <laughs> uh, it may make sense just to swap them. It's probably easier than creating something from scratch. It does, but in her like bio, Ruth Marks bio, it's like she had like drug possession charges. She was super erratic. I was like, well, this is not the all woman. That. I know, but it made me wonder if that stuff was real. Oh. And so then I was like, why would this be the woman that you would choose to like do a long con? <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I was a little confused. And also, the weather's going to be great that weekend, just FYI, because that's how the oh, news good. works. <laughs> you go from big indictment to random local murders to the weather. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it went. <laughs> it was like, in other news, there's two dead people found at this conference, and also, the weather's going to be great this weekend. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> um, gosh, wow, does this movie understand how anything works in the real world? <laughs> And then a little pie sign like comes up on the screen and you see the mouse click on it and it bleeds into the credits and 90s music plays. It's great. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, that was certainly something approaching a movie. (laughs) Classic 95 thriller, The Net with Sandra Bullock. I'm not saying hackers understand technology any better with the 3D zooming around in cyberspace, but at least that was more coherent than this. (laughs) (sighs) Ah. At first, I was thinking this like this plot 
it makes sense. Like it goes from thing to thing to thing and everything kind of ties in and you understand. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, wait a second, none of this makes sense. Well, I mean, none of the plans make any sense. None of the character actions make like this is one of those classic book retorts situations we find ourselves in where everyone is just making problems for themselves and they didn't have to. Yeah, and I would love to know, maybe you can think of something that I can't. Why was the guy who killed himself in the beginning of the movie? What why? What was the point of his existence? What do you mean? Why did they kill himself or why was he in the movie? No, why he doesn't tie into anything. I kept thinking that guy was gonna like come back towards the end. No, no, he was just there as like I mean, if you want from from a film perspective, I think he was just there to highlight the danger these people possess and to like have a dramatic opening. Sure. And the reason he was targeted was because he was opposed to the gatekeeper software, right? Right, I would assume. And then they like tied all that into his history and his medical records and all of that. Yeah, so getting rid of him paved the way for gatekeeper to be used at the wherever. Which I get, but you could also literally take that out. Because there's lots of other things going on. There's oh, oh, the Wall Street oh, oh, stuff. Yeah. There's like, there's just, and he has no, they give him like three second thing with his kid and his wife where you're like, oh, poor guy died. And that's like the end of that. You And he doesn't, I kept thinking he'd tie back in. <laughs> no, it's just there for a dramatic opening, Danielle. Yes, that's all course. it is. It, it has no story purpose except no, to make the opening like fun. The, because he's such a pivotal point, he's literally the opening scene. You, yeah. You'd think that he would like somehow tie into the end and she would like, it would be connected somehow or she'd get dragged into that little piece of that guy's no, that's life fair. or something. And instead, he's just literally background information on a news reel every time he's brought up again. Well, to be fair, this movie sounds like it's doing a lot of like backgrounding like Alan he's just gone yes. Cyber Bob he doesn't seem to he's matter gone. at all poor guy poor Cyber Bob unless Jack is actually still Cyber Bob and that's never been established I'd like to think that's true she's gonna go back into her little chat group in the evening and Cyber Bob is gonna be gone and she'll never know if it was Jack or he just died <laughs> Or just left the chat group. That would be the best. That's how they should have ended. Forget <laughs> clicking on the pie symbol. They should just have her like go into chat and say, hey guys. And everyone's like, have you seen Cyber Bob? He's been gone for about a day. No one's heard from him. Dun, dun, dun. Credits. There is actually a sequel, Sam. With what? <laughs> the Net 2.0. <laughs> uh, I hate it. Of course it's 2.0. <laughs> So apparently, Bullock in it? No, it's like completely unrelated. I actually, yeah. when I saw that, I like, click. I need to see what this one's about. How disappointing. I know, but it does exist, which, you know, that's what I thought when I saw the net was, huh, this could do with a sequel. Well, Danielle, I want to say thank you for bringing Sandra Bullock's hacking skills into my life. You're welcome. I kind of wish it was a better introduction to Sandra Bullock, but we'll get there. I've seen Sandra we'll Bullock films before. This is not an introduction. I meant for book retorts, Sam, not you specifically. Oh, okay. Well, fine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if it was better, then it wouldn't be a book retorts movie. That's possible. We've done some good movies. We've done a lot of good movies, but I don't think Sandra Bullock does, like, weird out there movies. Mm, We'll get there. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I... Danielle, maybe this is a great opportunity for you to prove me wrong. I'm going to. We'll we'll take a little break from Sandra Bullock, because we don't want to make this too Sandra Bullock heavy, even though I'd be game. (laughs) I know you would. Maybe we'll have a month. We'll have, like, the theme month with Sandra Bullock. That would be fun. Anyway... I really got to have someone out there help me understand, like, I wasn't much of a person in 1995. Like, I was, you know. <laughs> Just a wee lad. 
Yes, exactly. I wasn't like plugged into the scene of computers. So maybe Danielle and I have been far too hypercritical of the technology <laughs> in this movie. Maybe mainframes and magic viruses and stuff still exist. So if we're wrong or if we're right, either way, we'd love to hear from you. If you could like just write in to explain to us how plausible this movie would actually be for 1995 technology, that would be very helpful. That would be. We would love to hear that. In fact, I would love to hear probably more than Danielle even. That's true. But I also would be curious as to how much of my misunderstanding of computers in the 1990s colored this film recap for Sam. (laughs) That'd be great. I'd love that. So if you have that information, please, please contact us at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet Instagram or Facebook us at bookretorts. And if you want to support us and even get some extra bonus content, you can do so at patreon.com slash bookretorts. We've got little bonus episodes over there, cool stickers, lots of treats and prizes. No, we don't have that much stuff, but we do have bonus episodes <laughs> and stickers and some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was about to say, then you were promising way more than I think we could deliver. <laughs> Carnival music, it's a party. well on that note until next time don't get hacked i I mean that's good advice that's good that's good advice in any age (laughs) yeah all right until next time bye take care everybody I've got enough. I got enough plane to go right overhead. I can probably fill in the outro the intro just with planes. <laughs> you did like six in a row. It's a plane. It's a plane. There's it's a plane. so many. It's been a, this is like, why is, they like, do they have like a new flight path they put over my apartment? Yeah, What's going that's on? Crazy. That's a lot. For That's the most we've ever had, for sure.